Thanks for downloading this show from PC1. Before we get rolling, here's a word from one of the folks who helped bring you this podcast. The following program is a podcast1.com production. So glad you're with us here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's all about you and your wallet. I want you to learn ideas to me so you can save more and spend less and don't let anyone ever rip you off. Clark.com is our web address. You have a question for me, Clark.com slash ask. You can also get your questions answered nine hours every weekday by members of Team Clark. It's a free service of our show for just under 25 years. You can see how to get free off-the-air advice at Clark.com. Go about halfway down the front screen, and you will find that info. So in today's clark Rageous moment, coming up in 20 minutes, we're going to talk about a despicable practice that is spreading like wildfire among hospitals, putting liens on you, ruining your credit, while you're still in the hospital being treated, even if you have insurance, they're putting these liens, and that is Clark Rageous. And later this hour... A doorbell that can be the best crime stopper in your house and in your neighborhood. I'm going to tell you about a very affordable solution to make your home and your family safer. Talk right now about what was not safe and continues not to be safe today, and that is the internet. As The days have gone by, more and more individuals, companies, institutions, hospitals, government bodies in 150 countries have had computers shut down, locked down by cyber thieves who unleashed code last week that immediately put people's lives in danger in hospitals by making medical equipment non-functional. And we're doing all this, that's just one example, to get ransom from you to unlock your computer system or your computer. Now, ransomware has graduated over the years. I guess starting about five, six years ago, I would get calls from individuals whose computers had been locked down all your personal information, data, not available. And you were put into an impossible position where you'd pay a ransom to the cyber thief or you'd have to kiss that information goodbye forever. Well, there's so much to tell you about this as a non-techie talking to you who may also be a non-techie. Let's start with how this ended up not being much worse. A 22-year-old who for now remains anonymous, but at some point will probably be outed in a positive way, stumbled upon what he thought or she thought, because I don't even know if we know it's he or she, this 22-year-old computer geek figured out what a vulnerability was in the cyber attack. So the cyber attackers were hitting vulnerable computers all around the world that 
whose software had holes in it that criminals were able to exploit and turn this on them by finding a hole in their software that they were using for the cyber attack and shut down any further harm of significance for $10. $10. And it's so freaky simple when you hear it, but how does somebody figure this out? This 22-year-old figured out that there was a particular web address that if he or she registered it, it would bring the full web attack to its knees. And that's what this person did. Apparently they're British, they should be knighted by the queen, whatever the queen does when they make you a a sir. What's the woman equivalent? I don't know. Anyway, because again, we don't know if there's a he or she yet. And how great that is. But what's not great is that this attack happened. It exploited Windows computers that had not had their software updated in forever. One of the stunners is a lot of medical centers were still running their computer, their computer systems on Windows XP which is a prehistoric, in computer terms, a prehistoric computer operating system. Oh, and both Joel and Kim want me to say, they want me to break my train of thought and say that being knighted as a woman is called being a dame. Is that right? Okay. So we put that aside. All right. So running Windows XP, really? So... What are people in medicine thinking? But anyway, with Windows computers, Microsoft, for its current operating system, Windows 10, does a very good job of offering you continuous patches that when they discover what could be potential vulnerabilities in Windows 10 for free, Windows offers you the ability, Microsoft offers you the ability to batten down the hatches and make your Windows 10 safer. Now, going to hear me say safe when anything comes to security with computers. But overwhelmingly, people never run those Microsoft updates. They're very easy to do. You probably just ignore them. Don't ignore them anymore. Take the time to load them and make your computer more secure. Now, the other thing is, like a broken record, I'm going to tell you again that if you want to be safe from these hackers, and in this case, I will say safe, even though I may be proven to be naive at some point, Chromebooks offer a layer of safety and security that you do not have with Windows computers or MacBooks. They're cheap, they're simple, they only allow you to surf the web, they don't have stuff they store on them, except in the most limited of circumstances, and it is a much easier way for you to not have to worry about the security issues that the crooks will bring to bear. And 
we need some kind of coordination like we don't have now to make the internet more secure. And the reason the internet, principal reason the internet is not secure, goes back to its early days. And this is not like somebody did something wrong, it's just a fact. The internet originally was designed to be a sharing database for researchers, university-based and scientists, and where they could share information easily with each other. We have taken that system that was all designed from the ground up to be about sharing and access, and we try to erect, erect barriers around it, put up fences, and put in burglar alarms. But the reality is, it was designed at the beginning to be an open system, and criminals continue to be able to exploit it. And that's why, if you are going to remain somebody using Windows computers or MacBooks, I want you to have a backup, either an external hard drive that automatically backs up your data each night, or that you use a cloud service for a backup copy. And that way, if your computer gets ransomed, you don't have to worry about it because you have your backup. Kevin is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Kevin. Hey, hi, Clark. Kevin, you have a computer follow-up involving Apple. What happened? Yes, uh, I wanted to bring to your attention and your listeners' attention a a scam I recently came across. I received an email stating that my Apple password had been compromised and that I needed to secure, well, that the account had been locked and I needed to secure it. On the email, there was a link that said, secure my account, so I clicked on it. And then it directed me to a page which all looked like an official Apple page, you know, logos and everything. And once I in- entered my Apple ID and my password, it brought me to another page where it asked me to verify my account information, which on that page asked me for a social security number, Ooh. date of birth, address, Ooh. everything. So you knew at that point that this was actually not a legit request from Apple. Yes, sir. At that point, what I did is I just backed out of the email, went, logged into Apple through their actual website, and changed my password and my username so that way uh, my account could be secured again. Well, you know, your story is so fantastic, Kevin, because you initially got hoodwinked, but you figured it out so quickly that you eliminated any harm. What advice do you have for other Apple users from your experience? Well, I, anything that where I guess they solicit you, go to their website and actually log in and, and verify that it is. Make sure you're on a secure link before you actually go to them. Don't click on any links on any emails because even though it looks authentic, it, it, it probably isn't. Kevin, I couldn't have said that better myself, and I'm so glad you weren't harmed and you took the time to share your experience to protect others. I really appreciate that. Chip is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Chip, you want to take a dip in a pool, but the pool is only in your mind right now. Is that right? Hi, Clark. Yes, that's correct. Only in my mind. (laughs) (laughs) So tell me where you are with the process of wanting to put in a pool. 
Well, I was in the research phase. I think I'm a little more informed now than I was before, but unfortunately it hasn't gotten me a lot closer to having a pool. I've had quotes come in from 45000 to 80000 and the level of service is always committed to be the same, but I have everything from individuals who got shifty-eyed when I asked for their insurance information to companies who acted like they didn't need my money because they're so busy. So uh, they, I was doing usual searches online and looking for you know, your typical referral companies and, and found out that there's a gap in information available for folks who want to build a pool. Most companies, even the best ones, would not have more than 15 referrals um, that wouldn't all be good. So I went to your site, hoping I might find a treasure trove of information, and here we are. <laughs> and you found like nothing on pools, right? It's a it's a tough that, yes. <laughs> it's a tough no no it's true. I mean we don't we don't cover how do you go about selecting a pool contractor because uh, it is so extremely difficult and a certain amount of it is flying blind. One thing I will tell you: remember you said a lot of them didn't even want to respond to you because they're so hyper busy right now. Yes. If you live in a part of the country that has seasons to it where the pool season is really peak summer months, when you're leading up to it or in the summer, you will find that you'll pay top dollar to have a pool installed, and you may find that the deadlines for installing slip so much that you've lost this summer anyway. So... My advice historically has been, if you, unless you live in Southern California or Arizona, parts of Nevada or Florida, that you wait till the fall to start prospecting on contractors to do your pool. That's interesting and good advice. The second thing is that if people will not give you a thorough list of references and dates in which their pools were installed, you want to move on from that potential contractor. You don't want to pay a lot of upfront money ever. You want to pay based on a schedule as work is completed with a certain amount of money held back is what's known as retainage. And with a pool contract, I've always recommended that you want a construction attorney to review the contract because usually the contract's that a pool company will give you are so one-sided that you get stuck with all the responsibility and none of the privilege you're looking for. And by the way, on those references, Chip, I want you to call them. People who've had a pool installed in the last couple of years, they want to invite you right over. They're so proud of their pool. They want to show it to you, and they'll tell you backwards and forwards what their experience was like. But it is an area, I'll tell you, even doing all your homework, it is an area where people do get burned. I have a Clark Rageous moment today that just gave me pause. I was shocked by what I'm about to share with you. Scams, ripoffs, outrages. It's a Clark Rageous moment. A woman named Daniel Hag- Danielle Hagman, 30 years old, from Fort Myers, Florida, did something so great as a good Samaritan. There was a car wreck, and she immediately started trying to attend to the people in the accident. 
and it was in a rainstorm. And according to the Fort Myers News Press, she ended up being run basically into by another car coming up on the scene because the rain didn't see her, and she was severely injured and lost both legs. And this woman who, in an instant, had her life changed forever, is being treated in the hospital, and the hospital immediately, as they're dealing with her coming in injured, files a lien against her and ruins her credit instantly. The hospital spokesman said, anyone who came in because of a car accident, we would do this. Really? That that's the job of a hospital? When somebody comes in injured from a car accident, you immediately, your answer is you go after them financially? What's happened to us? Okay, you're a human, which means you've done laundry some point in your life. And you know what a hassle it can be separating the laundry, preparing, doing multiple loads? It's not fun. Well, Home Depot might have a solution that makes it easy, really. They have the new Samsung Flex Wash and Flex Dry Washer and Dryer Pair. These innovative appliances are the first ever to allow you to wash two loads and dry two loads of laundry at the same time in the same machine. So when you do the laundry, you don't have to mix different colors and fabrics together and destroy your clothes. Flex Wash integrates a large capacity lower washer for everyday washes and then an additional washer for separate colors and delicates. And the Flex Dry integrates a large tumble dryer for everyday items and a flat dryer for your delicates. You wash one load, you dry one load, everything's done. And both the washer and dryer have a number of innovative features that make laundry super easy. Like the Flex Wash offers a steam wash option for removing stains and a self-clean to keep the water odor-free. And Flex Dry features multi-steam to steam away odors and wrinkles, while Sensor Dry optimizes drying temperatures to avoid damage to your clothes. It's technology you can really appreciate. And both are Wi-Fi connected, which allows you to set and start the machines and receive alerts when a load is finished. Together, the Flex Wash and Flex Dry offer the ultimate flexibility to provide the best possible care for your clothes. So get to Home Depot now and check them out. The Samsung Flex Wash and Flex Dry washer and dryer pair. It's great to have you here on the Clark Howard Show where it's about you learning ways to keep more of what you make. Clark.com is the web address. Clark.com slash ask is where you can ask questions. And if you want to know a place to find good deals, well, I think you'll really like ClarkDeals.com. We work very hard to give you up-to-the-minute deals, not just a catalog of them, but deals that we believe will be worth your time to look at. Now, I want to talk about something that may be worth your time to look at, something I've been fascinated by ever since I saw it first at the Consumer Electronics Show, CES in Vegas, gosh, was it like five, six years ago? I saw a fledgling effort to have a smart doorbell. And I remember doing what we call a stand-up where I was did a piece for TV about this newfangled doorbell that had a camera built into it. And if you rang the doorbell, wherever you would be, 
over your smartphone or computer, you'd be able to see who was standing at your doorbell, at your door, even if you weren't home. Well, that thing that I got excited about has been through many generations, dominated by one company called Ring, R-A-N-G, and that's the one you see most often in electronic stores, hardware stores, the warehouse clubs, and depending on where you buy it, costs $150 to about $219, I guess. And there are many, many imitators. The development that I find very interesting is there are a number of homeowners insurers that if you inform them you have one of these electronic doorbells, that they will give you a cut on your homeowner's insurance. There is a belief by more and more people in the insurance business that these bells prevent crime. So let me give you how it works. Our producer, Krista, has one of these, and when somebody rings her doorbell, wherever she is, she sees instantly on her Android it works as well for iPhone, she sees immediately who's at the door. And she can talk to them from her phone, and it comes out the speaker at her door. Now, the individual at the door has no idea whether she's home or not. And also, people who have Ring pay them, I think it's $35 a year or something, for an electronic DVR, you know, where they store the video images, so you know what's there. Some some police detectives believe that it helps them break up a burglary ring. Because what a lot of burglars will do is they'll go door to door because they don't want to confront anybody at home. Any burglar who has half a brain knows that the crime you commit breaking into a house that nobody's in committing a burglary is treated as a low priority thing but if it's a home invasion meaning people are at the house that's big and it can end up being violent quickly burglars want to go somewhere that nobody's there the ring throws off their game now there are people in the burglar arm industry who say the ring is nothing it's nothing like having one of our security systems in your home but a lot of people are never going to spend the money for a traditional burglar alarm and on that score simply safe s-i-m-p-l-i safe.com is a great alternative it also notifies you directly to your phone if it seems there's been an intrusion in your home these systems are inexpensive, and in combination with Ring or one of its competitors, gives you a way that you can do electronic surveillance basically like a big corporate entity would with their large security staffs and their banks of cameras. So seeing is believing. If you're ever at a friend's house and you get there, and you see they have one of these fancy doorbells, ask them to demo it for you and see if it's something you might want at your own home.
Diane is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Diane. Hey, Clark. How's it going? Great. Thank you. You chose poorly where you located in the United States, didn't you? Well, I guess you could say that. I think that my taxes are fairly low and my property taxes and that kind of thing. Cost of living is fairly low. But you live where you are deprived of the (laughs) privilege of shopping where? At Costco. Oh, see, that's just a bridge too far for me. I live three miles from my closest Costco. I wish it was, like, across the street. Oh, that's funny. And, I, see, I don't even know a lot about Costco, but you talk, I, I listen to you all the time, and you're talking about Costco, and it's, it's like, that doesn't do me any good. I don't have one near me. So I wanted to know, what can somebody like me who is nowhere around one can do? Well, you could cry a lot. Oh, I could do that, I guess. Because, yeah. I mean, it's Costco is a unique kind of retailer because it's basically a membership co-op that you join. Mm-hmm. They charge extremely low markups on the stuff they sell, the lowest markups in retail, apparently. Mm-hmm. And they the markups they charge are just to be able to operate the buildings, pay for their leases, and pay their employees and all they try to do ultimately is break even on their operation and they make their money on uh, on the membership fee that you pay each year. Mm-hmm. So the things in there, a lot of it, do you have a Sam's Club near you? I do, yes. So I'd say somewhere 50 to 60% of the merchandise is common or very, very similar across Sam's and Costco. The difference comes in what Costco refers to as the treasure hunt. It's the items that their buyers find that are very clever or fashionable or whatever. And those items also come with a very low markup. And they use that treasure hunt as the reason for you to come back. Mm-hmm. And, well, and so that's it's really something that if you don't live near one, it's really not going to be relevant to your life. Mm-hmm. Some people shop at Costco.com, but Costco.com is only like a companion to the stores. It's not the same thing as shopping in the stores. Okay. I, I was One of my questions was, can I, can I go to Costco.com and shop that way? You could. You could shop at Costco.com, but I don't think that's something to go yippee about. I mean, the the dot-com is only ancillary to what they're up to. And they are growing as a dot-com, but it really is the experience. I mean, I'm I'm a retail junkie. I always have been. And I walk the floors of retail stores to see how they merchandise, to see how they price, to see if they've got their act together or not. And I I do it without even thinking about it. I was in a store yesterday with my son and i said this location it was a it was a little retail store but part of a chain i said this location is terribly run and my son wasn't interested in what i was talking about but i made him follow with me i'm showing him how the shelves were empty in certain areas and merchandise was disheveled and all that i mean it's like in a prior life i must have been a retail worker Mm -hmm. so i i hope that at some point, you'll get to 
have a Costco open near you and experience it, but it is something that that I am fervent about. So much so, do you know that the dog's now deceased, but I once named a dog Costco Wholesale? <laughs> I kind of like that name. <laughs> it's a cute name for a dog, isn't it? <laughs> it really is. Uh, uh, you know, my, mine is Bruiser, so oh. equally as cute. He's a little dachshund. <laughs> well, Costco was a teensy tiny little dog. It was a, a small, much smaller than normal Chinese pug. And so it was kind of backwards that Costco Wholesale was named after Costco with their 150,000 square foot stores or whatever they are. But um, that's how much I love that place. Well, I don't think I'm going to move, but maybe they'll open one up around here sometime in the years ahead, I guess. Share with your fellow listener, where in the country do you live? Oklahoma. Where in Oklahoma? Because there is one in Tulsa now. Well, I'm in Mustang, so that's just right outside of Oklahoma City. So wait, wait, wait. The rivalry between Tulsa and OC is so big, and you're going to tell me that Tulsa beat OC to having a Costco? I didn't know that. Wow. I had no idea. Wow. So Tulsa has more bragging rights on OC. Who knew? Mark is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Mark. Hi. Hi, Clark. How are you? Great. Thank you, Mark. You want to talk about reverse mortgages? Yes. Uh, actually, last week I heard a caller um, call in and asked about, uh, I think she was looking for information for a relative about a reverse mortgage, and uh, she was asking you for some advice and whether that was a good idea. And, uh, it just dawned on me. I own a mortgage company in Connecticut, and um, uh, there's been a lot of changes to the, to the FHA insured product, um, and some of the information you were sharing with her I think needs to be updated. Please go ahead and share. Okay, so one of the things you mentioned was the high cost of the uh, reverse mortgage. And a couple of years ago, they reduced that upfront um, high cost. Uh, the The cost was associated with the um, with the FHA mortgage insurance, and they used to charge two and a half percent upfront. Um, so on a you know three hundred thousand purchase, that's a big number. $7,500, bam, right off the bat. <laughs> exactly. So, But a couple of years ago, they changed that now. And if you're not borrowing a huge amount, lump sum up front, in other words, less than 60% of what you qualify for, they only charge half a percent now for that same mortgage insurance. So, so the cost has reduced dramatically because of that. Um, so I just wanted to clarify that it was something we, in this industry, we, you know, we've, we've been fighting a lot of, um, misinformation and misconceptions for years. And I just, it just made me get on the website and connect with your people to say, Hey, you know, I just want to update that information. Well, Mark, let's talk for a second because, you know, I have been so negative for years on reverse mortgages and I've always stated that they are a last option for someone looking to scare up cash, and you're in the industry and you have a completely different perspective, share who should and who should not, from your perspective, go for a reverse mortgage. Well, it, it typically does. I mean, there is still a last resort aspect of it. If you're totally out of all your other assets and you have a $300,000 home that you own outright, you know, that does that still plays into the equation. But 
Now with some of the new changes in the product itself and the lower cost, um, and there's a, a line of credit option, um, more more people that might be not a last resort but need uh, additional assets to support their retirement years, um, we're getting more and more involved in working with financial planners now to help show them how this product can be a part of that um, they're planning for their retirement years. So there are a number of these ads on bad late night TV from <laughs> fading stars pitching the reverse mortgage. What do the, uh, let's say, not as honest players do in selling reverse mortgages that people should know? Um, well, um, I guess, you know, it is an industry where there's a sales aspect to it, and and many of the um, originators in this industry are commissioned salespeople. So, you know, there is that aspect where, you know, somebody has to be, you know, aware that, you know, somebody could be selling them a product they don't need. However, as a part of the uh, FHA um, reverse mortgage, there's independent counseling that has to happen um, through HUD-approved uh, counselors, um, which really does um, help to um, keep that from happening. All right, so one um, last question for you. You've mentioned FHA several times, but uh, can't people do a reverse mortgage that's outside the FHA lending system? There are very few products uh, that remained after the 2008 um crash, we'll call it, um, and most of them are jumbo versions of a reverse mortgage. Um, so there really is, in all practical purposes, there really is only the FHA version. Um, all right, and, and to summarize, you said if you borrow less than 60% of your available equity, you qualify for a much lower upfront fee than if you go beyond that 60%. Did I hear that right? Correct. So 60% of what you qualify for Got in a reverse it. mortgage, if you borrow less than 60%, they only charge you the half a percent. If you borrow more, it is the 2.5% again. All right. Well, I appreciate so much your additional information, Mark, and I love it when people from an industry help me do better at answering your questions. And Mark, your information is a perfect example. Dan is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Dan, you are considering switching or are switching to Amica Mutual. Is that right? That's correct. And Amica considered to be one of the two best auto and homeowners insurers in America, but it's triggered a concern on your part. What's that? Uh, I was wondering, will that affect my credit, switching uh, auto insurers? What a great question. So auto and homeowners insurers do check your credit and in most states all but three your credit standing is one of the largest factors in setting your auto or homeowners insurance rates but surprisingly you can rest easy it doesn't affect your credit that they check your credit it's what they call in the industry a soft pull instead of a hard inquiry Okay, so switching doesn't have any effect on my credit at all? Exactly, because when they are accessing your credit record, it's done in a specialized industry format anyway, but you're not obtaining credit. 
So since it's not for the purpose of obtaining credit, it doesn't affect your credit score or standing at all when they check your credit in the way they do, and that's great news for people who shop around, and I hope that you find Amica Mutual to be as great an experience as most people do who switch to them. Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans proudly supports this podcast. When it comes to the big decision of choosing a mortgage lender, it's important to work with someone you can trust, someone who's got your best interests in mind. And with Rocket Mortgage, you'll get a transparent online process that gives you the confidence to make an informed decision. Don't waste time searching through stacks of paperwork. With Rocket Mortgage, you can securely share your financial info to get a mortgage approval in just minutes. You can even adjust the rate and length of your loan in real time to make sure that you get the mortgage solution that's right for you. So whether you're looking to buy a home or refinance your existing mortgage, you can lift the burden of getting a home loan with Rocket Mortgage. Skip the bank. Skip the waiting. Go completely online at quickenloans.com slash save. That's quickenloans.com slash S-A-V-E. Let Rocket Mortgage help you get the exact mortgage solution that you need. Go to quickenloans.com slash save. Equal housing lender licensed in all 50 states. NMLSconsumeraccess.org number 3030. This week on All of the Above with Norman Lear, deep star Julia Louis-Dreyfus sits down with Norman and Paul. Well, you know, there wasn't a script when I was first talking to HBO about it. There wasn't a concept. And my, my agent had said to me, listen, they're developing this thing at HBO about an unhappy vice president, an unhappy female vice president. And I thought to myself, well, I got to get in on this action because mm-hmm. it's gold and it's so amazing that nobody's done it before. Listen today on the Podcast One app or subscribe at Apple Podcasts or on PodcastOne.com. Great to have you here on the Clark Howard Show where it's about you learning ways to keep more of what you make. Clark.com is our web address. You want to follow me on Facebook, that's easy. Facebook.com slash Clark Howard. And... Coming up in a half hour, imagine when the time comes to replace your roof, being able to turn the roof on your home into your own personal power plant. I'm going to tell you what that means, how it works, and most important, what it costs for you to be your own power company. Right now, though, Drum roll, please. That was a pretty long drum roll, wasn't it? I must tell you that the governor of Tennessee came up with a vision and now has gotten the state legislature to agree to his vision, which I hope will become a 50-state thing. Tennessee is the first state in the nation to offer completely tuition-free college to state residents that don't have a college degree. Any resident of the state can get a degree through their community college system, paying zero dollars of tuition. Now, I had talked years ago about how Tennessee had done that for new high school graduates. 
try to keep them in the state of Tennessee for college. But now they've done it for any adult, pretty much, in the state. And I want to read a quote from the governor. We've determined that the best job plan is an education plan. There's no smarter investment than increasing access to high-quality education. Now, I am so into this, and you know if you have ever heard me talk about the job market and the role that education and training play in it, I am fired up because times have changed. When I went to college back when dinosaurs roamed the earth, roughly 25% of Americans went to college. Today, more than half of high school graduates enter college. Things have changed. And by the way, college isn't the end-all, be-all. Could be like South Carolina is doing with a big emphasis on trade schools. But the point is, we need to make it as part of policy state by state that students understand loud and clear that in order to succeed in today's economy, your education doesn't end when your high school days end. Your education doesn't end when you get whatever training at a trade school or you get in college ends. Training and education now must be a lifelong pursuit because of how quickly technology is changing the nature of work. And so I congratulate the governor of Tennessee for his foresight and innovative gamble to improve the work prospects for his state's residents. The results will be people who have more options in life, more income, more flexibility, more choice. And I believe that education is the equalizer. We have enormous income inequality in the United States. And I think about my high school junior, about to be a senior, who goes to a school where she has access from ninth grade forward to a college counselor who works with her individually and has met with us several times over the years and guides us and her on where she should be looking at college, what her aptitude says she should be looking at, studying potentially, narrowing the list of potential places. And then we have the means to have her go to the school she wants to go to. She has a built-in advantage based on our economic circumstance. On the other hand, a kid who grows up poor or in many families where people are struggling to get by, college is something that 
can be almost an afterthought or a struggle that's a bridge too far. And your kid should have as much chance for success as my kid. Every child should have that opportunity to grow out of the circumstance in which they were born and raised. And education is how we're going to make that happen. Taxpayers may wonder, is the bill too large? But the reality is, when you create more productive citizens that have access to a higher caliber of work, and they're educated in or near where they've grown up, they're more likely to stay and contribute to the local economy, and ultimately they provide more wealth to your state and more tax dollars, too. Lena's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, how are you doing? Hi, Clark. Thank you for your service. Sure, and you have a question that I'm so glad you're asking. <laughs> okay. Um, so I'm going to be shopping for a used vehicle again next year, and I was wondering what your thoughts were on a certified pre-owned and whether it's really worth the extra couple thousand dollars um, that they say it's worth. It's a toss-up because you know the term certified pre-owned is just a marketing term. Oh. (laughs) There is no federal or state law that I'm aware of in any state, and there is no federal law that requires that in order to be called a certified pre-owned that it means something. And any car dealer can say, these are our certified cars. And the manufacturers enter into deals with their franchise dealers that allow them to call a vehicle a certified pre-owned and qualify for an extension of the manufacturer's warranty in return for the dealer doing an in-depth inspection and a reconditioning of what's found in that inspection. The cars are not supposed to have been through a wreck and that kind of thing. But I have a relative who bought a certified pre-owned car that turned out to have been in a bad wreck that was not disclosed, and the vehicle never should have been in a certified pre-owned program. Mm. So it is, and the reason I said it's, it's, uh, I forget exactly how I phrased it, but the fact that it's not an automatic great thing and not necessarily a bad thing either is that if the manufacturer really is standing behind it, for any of a number of years that otherwise you're on your own, mm-hmm. then that is worth something. Particularly as you question? think about oh, buying sorry. a used car, you may have enormous expense in repairing the engine or transmission. That is, Those are the two key components that are most often covered by a manufacturer-certified pre-owned program for any of a number of years and miles going forward. Mm -hmm. But do you know what you Um, still have to do when you get a certified pre-owned? No. Have it inspected by a mechanic of your choosing to make sure it really is in good shape, not just that they told you it's been through this 100,000-point inspection or whatever they say, and, you know, that it's, they have certified that it's great, great, great. This is a case where you can't trust. You've got to verify 
with your own mechanic checking out the vehicle. I've made it sound so unexciting, haven't I? (laughs) No, not necessarily. I I believe that it's a toss-up, but there's this other thing that's offered by sometimes credit unions and dealers, which is you can purchase an extended warranty. So would that be a better option as opposed to getting a certified pre-owned? Well, if you get an extended warranty, I only like it to come from the manufacturer of the vehicle. Hmm. So if you get... Whatever brand you buy, if you get their extension of a warranty at the time of purchase, that I'm okay with. But some third-party warranty, I'm very nervous about those because so often those turn out not to be legit or they go bust or whatever. So you got to be very, very careful with any non-manufacturer-issued extended warranty. Okay. Can I tell you something positive, though? Because I've given you all the negatives, right? (laughs) Yeah. The used vehicle market is flooded with product. The luxury brands especially flooded with product in sedans. I don't know if you're thinking about a sedan, an SUV, a pickup truck, whatever. But the used sedans, especially three years old coming back from leases, are in massive oversupply. And so the deals you can get on them as a used vehicle are the best they've been maybe in 10 years. Wow. So you just got to do your homework and make sure you're really getting a true deal, though, for your wallet. Paul is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Paul. Hi, Clark. How are you? Great, thank you. I've talked Venmo, 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 all the great things about Venmo and you want to share with me there's a Venmo scam? Yes. So um, so anyway, last week, uh, so I'm sort of an occasional user of Venmo. I, I use it to split checks at restaurants with friends, that sort of thing. But anyway, last week I got an email or a notification from Venmo that I had received $50, but I didn't recognize the person who had sent it. So immediately, as a kind of skeptical person, I was like, well, this sounds kind of scammy to me. Um, So I Googled it, and actually the first thing I came up with was Venmo's own frequently asked questions. And they said, when this sort of thing happens, to just return the money to the person with a note. And I still was skeptical and said, that sounded fishy. So I Googled around some more, and it turns out that scammers are taking advantage of the fact that Venmo really acts more like a check in that it takes several days for the transactions to clear than the sort of instantaneous transfer that you sort of get the idea that it's doing. So um, so I, I looked into it some more, and what happens is it sounds like someone will send you uh, an amount of money and then... They'll ask you, which this person did. I got a message that said, oh, I did this by accident. Would you please send the money back to them? Um, So if you send the money back to them, they will then cancel that transaction. And you're out your money, and they're just straight out committing a serious crime. Correct. And it turns out that Venmo won't even notify you that they've canceled the transaction until you go searching for it. 
So you may not even know it's happening. Well, you know, the number one warning with Venmo is that you use it only as a way to pay money among friends. Absolutely. And you can reinforce that 50 times over for your fellow listener. Yeah, absolutely. Everyone out there. So what happened to you eventually? Did, Did these people get your money or no? They did not get my money, and uh, in fact, the person who had sent it to me has a public Venmo profile, which I looked into, and I saw that they had sent this exact same notification to many other Venmo users. Wow, and just trying to score quick cash and disappear. So remember, Venmo is an easy way for you to pay each other to pay among friends, And that's what it should be used for, period. Thank you for the tip. It's time for Ask Clark. That's when you post a question for me at Clark.com. Producer Joel asked it for you. Clark Yvonne wrote in and said, I've inherited a condo with my sister. She has offered to buy my part out. How is the best way to determine a fair market value? I didn't know if we should get an appraisal or hire a real estate agent to determine the price. Well, first of all, I'm sorry about your loss, because when you inherit, it means you lost someone you cared about, you care about. As far as what you do, it's whatever the two of you mutually agree, and you can do either. Most often, what is the most accepted practice is that you hire an appraiser, and that would be something that would tend to stand up to scrutiny. As long as both of you agree to do that, and you jointly agree on who will be that person, you'd be good. You could do a real estate agent, but they are not considered to have the same level of expertise as that appraiser would have. All right. Tom wants to know, how do I unfreeze my credit report? Well, when you freeze your credit, there is a secret code issued to you by each of the three credit bureaus. And hopefully you have those secret codes. If you do, it's a very simple process. You go to the website for each of the credit bureaus. They usually refer to it. Their sub-website is their security freeze website. You'll put in some personal information, put in your secret code, and then your credit is thawed. The whole process to thaw usually takes 90 seconds to three minutes per bureau. On the other hand, if you don't have your codes, you have to actually spend some time working with the credit bureaus like it's pre-internet days to get them to thaw them for you. Okay, you're a human, which means you've done laundry some point in your life. And you know what a hassle it can be separating the laundry, preparing, doing multiple loads? It's not fun. Well, Home Depot might have a solution that makes it easy, really. They have the new Samsung Flex Wash and Flex Dry Washer and Dryer Pair. These innovative appliances are the first ever to allow you to wash two loads and dry two loads of laundry at the same time in the same machine. So when you do the laundry, you don't have to mix different colors and fabrics together and destroy your clothes. Flex Wash integrates a large capacity lower washer for everyday washes and then an additional washer for separate colors and delicates. And the Flex Dry integrates a large tumble dryer for everyday items and a flat dryer for your delicates. You wash one load, you dry one load, everything's done. And both the washer and dryer have a number of innovative features that make laundry super easy, like the Flex Wash offers a steam wash option for removing stains and a self-clean to keep the water odor-free. And Flex Dry features multi-steam to steam away odors and wrinkles, while Sensor Dry optimizes drying temperatures to avoid damage to your clothes. 
It's technology you can really appreciate. And both are Wi-Fi connected, which allows you to set and start the machines and receive alerts when a load is finished. Together, the Flex Wash and Flex Dry offer the ultimate flexibility to provide the best possible care for your clothes. So get to Home Depot now and check them out. The Samsung Flex Wash and Flex Dry washer and dryer pair. Stay tuned for 60 seconds of AP News headlines right after this podcast. So glad you're with us here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's about you learning ways to save more and spend less. And don't let anyone ever rip you off. Speaking of rip-offs, 150 countries around the world, people, institutions, businesses, blah, 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 hospitals, got hit by a ransomware virus. And people are scrambling to get their systems working again. I want you to know that if you missed the last hour of our show, you can catch up with our podcast and learn what I recommend for you about protecting yourself from the cyber thieves. Our web address is Clark.com, and if you're looking for deals, we got that for you too, ClarkDeals.com, and this would come under the category deal or no deal. Solar City, which is a huge seller of solar panels in the United States, has introduced a new product that are solar shingles. Instead of having what many people think are ugly, ugly, ugly solar panels, you instead, when your roof croaks, when it's time for new new shingles on your roof, you can buy the shingles from them and your roof will be covered 40 to 50% typically based on where your roof faces will be solar built into them and no one will be able to tell because it looks like any other roof shingle. But wait, there's more. They guarantee them for the life of the house. So as long as your house is standing there If something goes wrong with your shingles, they fix them for free. And there's more yet. You can have as part of it what's known as a power wall, which is like having your own standby generator at your house powered by batteries. So as solar is generated by your roof, power is stored in the batteries, and it's emergency backup power in the event you suffer a power outage Your house is operated by your battery pack known as a power wall. Now, all this sounds great until you shop for it. And what you'll find out is it's very expensive. And even though there are federal and in many states state tax credits for putting in the solar shingles, It's much more expensive than just replacing your roof. And you have to account for that and know that it'll still take a number of years for the solar power you generate to generate enough savings to cover the additional that you pay for reshingling your roof. The 
the other side of that, because I just got really negative there, the other side of that is in the small number of projects that have been done that have tested if a house is worth more or not if it's sold with solar, typical house with solar sells for $17,000 more than a house without solar because the buyer knows they're going to avoid most utility bills and so they're willing to pay more for your house because it has it. But it's not like, yippee, I can replace my house with these shingles and everything's going to be perfect because what you have to pay up front is not perfect. But as happens with solar, that's the early adopter pricing that you'll see if you go check it out. And if you go to Tesla.com, because Tesla owns Solar City, you'll be able to see a quote for your house for installing the system. The funny thing is that you get an instant quote because they use Google Earth to look at your house, your roof, and they're able to figure out what they would charge you to put in a system so you don't have to wait and uh, have somebody come out and estimate and then send you later an estimate. You have it. Joel, you tried this. How how many seconds, minutes, or hours did it take for their system to compute what it would cost at your house? Less than a second. It's a, it's a crazy impressive. Really? Yep. But then it took less than a second for me to say, no way, because it was so expensive. It was too expensive. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you are a cheap guy. Well, it makes me wonder, though, about roofing tiles eventually like going to something like this, no matter what, just with the basically indestructibility of these tiles. That's really cool. Yeah, well, the reason they're giving a forever guarantee on them is that they tried every possible way to destroy a shingle. And they couldn't destroy it. So um, wouldn't it be great if cell phone manufacturers put their cell phones through the same kind of indestructible tests? But you got to know cell phone carriers, cell phone manufacturers want your phone to be fragile so that you'll break it and have to replace it. Built-in obsolescence. Josh joins us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Josh. Hey, Clark. It's a pleasure to speak with you. Well, great to have you here. So I uh, have aspirations to be a landlord someday, and so I wanted to put two of your recommendations against one of another and, and see what you choose. Okay. Um, I've owned my house for about a year and a half. I'm going to have to move in a year, and I'm at a decision point of whether to sell it a year from now or to put it on the market for rent. And I feel like in order to get the price point where I'm cash positive, I would need to remodel my kitchen. And the way I would pay for that is I would, I have savings where I feel like I could cover it. I feel like it may be about $20,000. But in the meantime, I would stop my contributions to the Roth TSP until I can replenish my emergency fund. So would I be in a better... You know, I'm looking 20, 30 years from now. Would it be better for me to stop my contributions for a couple of years in order to do this remodel and, and, you know, have a house that is going to be very valuable at the end of that time or or to just continue to 
contribute, sell my house, and roll that equity into the next house I buy for my family. Well, gosh, there are a lot of things we need to discuss. And by the way, I love that kind of diversification. I have, at this stage of my life, I have three rental properties. I used to have more. But I love having rental properties. I'm also a big investor in the stock market through funds. And so I believe a combination of having rental properties and traditional investments gives you more, less risk with equivalent return over the long haul. So I'm a fan of you diversifying that way. But your TSP, are you a civilian employee where you get a match or are you a, a military person that does not get a match? I'm a military. I do not get a match. Well, I thank you for your service what branch of the military are you in? Air Force. Well, I appreciate it so much. Thanks for your support. Thanks for your service, Clark. Certainly. So you, Josh, don't have the match, which means you're not giving up free money by temporarily zeroing out your TSP. And for the specific purpose you're trying to accomplish, as long as you keep it contained to a relatively short period of time, that allows you the cash flow you want, go for it. Okay. Now, on the issue of whether you should do it in the first place, if your home has had significant appreciation in value, you would want to sell it, not convert it into a rental property. So have you seen the value move up quite nicely, or is it pretty much similar to what you paid for it, net of selling costs so i've only had it for a year and a half but the local market here i don't know if it's a bubble but it's it's gone up probably ten thousand dollars fifty thousand dollars in that time that i bought it so it's gone up you said ten thousand to fifteen is that what you said yeah which seems significant in only a year and a half of owning it but that's not enough of a gain that it would mean that you shouldn't convert it to a rental property that would be okay you know you start getting to big multiples of increase in value, then you want to sell it because you avoid capital gains tax. But in an increase, let's say by next year it's up 20000 the tax you would save by selling it is not enough that it would make it a bad idea to convert it to a rental property. What kind of carry do you have per month on it for mortgage, taxes, insurance? I did the VA funding fee or funding, so I I, uh, I pay about fourteen hundred dollars per month on it. And does that include taxes and insurance? Yes. And what do you think in your area you can get per month in rent? I feel optimistic about sixteen hundred to nineteen hundred. Right. So you area. can you can uh, carry in rent more than a hundred percent of your fixed costs. Yes, I feel confident. That makes it a great potential rental property. One other question. If you're in the Air Force, you could end up stationed in Europe or wherever, and you have this property at your current duty station. Who's going to oversee it, manage it, and deal with repairs and collecting rent when you're at your new duty station? Oh, I'm going to give that to a property manager. Okay. All right. As long as you've thought that all through... And the kitchen work you're going to do, are you going to do some of it 
yourself or is it all going to be contracted? So I'll probably contract it out. And that would be my next question, Clark, would be someone mentioned on the Schedule E, there's a certain time period that you'd want to do that in order to capture that as an expense after you've converted it to a rental property. Should I wait until I'm closer to execute that work? It will, if you do it as part of it being a rental property, it will be treated differently, but over time not significant in terms of how it's treated tax-wise. Okay. You, If you do the work before it, the conversion, it will increase your basis, which at a later date will reduce what capital gains you might owe. So I don't think that that I would do that because if you wait, you're then interfering with potential rental income as the unit may be out of service while you're doing the work. If you do the work while you're living with it and amongst it, then that's a hassle for you, but it doesn't interfere with any rental income that you would be receiving at a later date. Alfredo's with us on the Clark Howard Show. How are you doing? Hey, Clark. I'm doing good. How are you? Great. Thank you. You want to talk about retirement? Yes, sort of. Um, So I'm 24 years old, and uh, my wife, she's 27. Uh, We have two goals in mind for the next five to ten years. Uh, The first one, we want to put my wife through graduate school here in uh, California. And the second one is we want to qualify and save enough money to buy our first home. Uh, So my problem is we have about $48,000 in savings, and we're currently saving about $700 after our monthly Roth IRA contribution. Uh, So my question is, where should we put... uh, that save those savings um all right right well first i gotta stop you because i must congratulate you oh i knew you were going to say that (laughs) you're 24 your wife's 27 you've already accumulated right at fifty thousand dollars in savings you're also contributing to both of you to roth iras or just you yeah both of us are contributing to roth iras that is that is stuff you should be so very proud of Yes, we're very proud of that, and it's mainly because we we hear you. I hear you every single day, uh, and I already knew about the Roth, but um, you know, just hearing you enforce it every day uh, really nailed it to me. All right. So, as far as where your priorities should be, paying your wife's graduate school tuition is a lower priority than you getting to twenty percent down payment on the house you're going to buy. Because even though I'm not a fan of student loans, as you know, right. in the short term, her borrowing on a graduate plus loan would be preferable than you eroding your savings to the point where you can't get to 20% down on a home. Now, in California, depending on what part of California you're in, home prices are what people in the rest of the country will see in an, maybe 30 years from now. Right. <laughs> so you've got to save quite a chunk of change in order to get that 20% down. And so that's why that's got to be the priority is you move forward is just keep channeling money into that savings, put it in one of the online savings accounts 
where you can get the highest interest rate on it and borrow what she needs for school, because you two are max savers, you're going to be just fine. Nate's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Nate, you have a question about taking all those digital images and turning them into actual pictures. Is that true? That is true. Thank you, Clark, for taking my call. Sure, I've lost so many digital images over the years that I would have loved to have, have kept because I never got around to doing what you're asking me about, just flat out printing them out. That's correct. And I'm, I'm kind of looking for a low-cost way to do this. You know, if you go out and buy ink, put it in the printer, buy paper, you know, you go through that ink pretty quick. You yeah, you spend a fortune store. per print. Yeah. So, or you can take it to the discount store and you can have it printed. Um, so we're kind of looking for a low-cost way to take all these pictures that we've taken over the years and print them to put them in books. Well, Snapfish is one that people that are into getting a low price use a lot. They're a competitor to one you may well recognize, Shutterfly. That sounds like a great option. But wait, there's less, not more. There's less. Okay. There are coupons available all the time. There are coupons that will be offered on the websites of Snapfish and Shutterfly, and they're kind of the two left-standing of the deep discounters for printing out pictures. Fantastic. That's exactly what we're looking for. I would try an initial order and make sure you're happy with the quality of the prints. Okay. You We're not talking big money here if you go with one of the online discounters. And I have no experience to tell you if you're going to be happier with Snapfish or Shutterfly. I'd never get complaints about either of them either. So that's why I'd let a couple of hundred of them fly with one of them, or fish with one of them, and see if you're really happy with how they turn out. And I need to get around to printing some pictures out before I permanently lose some great images. Thanks for listening to the Clark Howard Podcast. Download new episodes every Monday through Friday at podcastone.com. That's podcastone.com. Here's an interesting fact for you. There are nearly one million new books published in the U.S. alone every year. One million. So if you like to read, how do you choose what you're going to read? Well, that's where Fully Booked by Kirkus Reviews comes in. You see, Kirkus has been one of the top book review publications for over 80 years. They do a deep dive on thousands of titles every year, including interviewing best-selling authors and telling you what might be the hot new release before everyone else knows. So figure out what your next read is going to be. Download Fully Booked right now on the Podcast One app at Apple Podcasts or at PodcastOne.com. What we're learning about the Manchester bomber. I'm Rita Foley with an AP News Minute. The father of the alleged Manchester suicide bomber says his son didn't do it. We don't believe in killing innocents, he told the AP. But the father reportedly was a member of an al-Qaeda-backed group in Libya years ago. That, according to a former Libyan security official. Meanwhile, police have carried out raids on a block of apartments in Manchester. Witnesses say they heard explosions. Alan Kinsey was a neighbor of the alleged bomber. The actual family that had been there, I'd I'd never really come across them in bad ways. It was always, even when I said hello, they never seemed to speak back to you. It was just like, kept themselves to themselves, and that was about it. The British putting more military troops on the streets now as police say it's clear this is a network they're investigating. President Trump has arrived in Brussels for NATO meetings after a visit this morning with the Pope at the Vatican.
I'm Rita Foley.